Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. So glad to have you with us. We start off every program with what I call three big things, things that I think you need to know to talk about at the coffee, in your coffee room or the lunch room or um, need you to know as you drive into work. Three big things. Number one this morning, Barack Obama, who, of course, leaves office in two days. We're, we're sort of at the, it's about 50 hours or so from now. Barack Obama has been on a rash of commutations. Now, presidents have the power to pardon people, which is, in other words, to say somebody's been convicted of a crime. I pardon you, Never, which means never mind. We forget about the crime. It's like you never committed it. Commutations are different. Commutations are reductions in sentences. And Barack Obama has issued more commutations, reductions, that is, in sentence. Sometimes he lets people out right away. Other times you just say, okay, I'm reducing your sentence from 20 years to five years or whatever. He has issued more commutations than all of the 11 previous presidents combined. Think about that. It just it is actually staggering. Barack Obama is opening jail cells. Now, a lot of the people that he has been reducing the sentences and or releasing are, are drug dealers because he does not think it is fair to punish people who are crack cocaine dealers as much as they were. Now, crack cocaine is to regular cocaine what TNT is to a firecracker. And back in the 80s and early 90s, if you want to look at something that really – I think led to led to the destruction of family life and perhaps you know really affected one or maybe two generations of people in urban America America it was the rise of crack cocaine crack cocaine incredibly incredibly addictive and you had a lot of street gangs all across this country I was involved in prosecuting some of them who started slinging crack cocaine they got generations really at least one generation maybe two of people just addicted to the stuff. It led to all the violence. And yes, for a long period of time, Congress said, if you're selling crack cocaine, we are going to treat you differently than if you're just a dealer of powdered cocaine because crack cocaine is so incredibly addictive and because there's all the attendant violence that comes with it. Well, Barack Obama doesn't like that because what happened is that had a perhaps a disproportionate impact on persons of color um, going to prison because that those were the street gangs. That's what who largely, not exclusively, but largely comprised a lot of the street gangs that were slinging crack cocaine. So he has been single-handedly trying to dismantle that for the last couple of years. So he, he's issuing all these commutations. Yesterday he comes out with another batch, and perhaps the most controversial one was his decision to release Chelsea Manning early from prison. Now. Chelsea Manning, let's let's go back and review the bidding for a minute here. Chelsea Manning, formerly known as Bradley Manning, was a low-level military intelligence analyst. He was assigned, he at the time, not trying to be derogatory on this, but he at the time was assigned to Iraq in late 2009. Again, Manning worked as a low-level intelligence um, analyst helping the unit assess insurgent activity in the area it was patrolling. But as a result of that, Manning had access to a classified computer network. Manning took it upon himself to copy hundreds of thousands of military incident logs from Afghanistan and the Iraq wars. Um, He also copied about 250,000 diplomatic cables from American embassies showing sensitive deals and conversations, and then turned them over to WikiLeaks, and WikiLeaks exposed them. So you had all this stuff that was out there. Some of it was, of course, embarrassing to the administration. But more importantly than that, a lot of this stuff was incredibly, incredibly dangerous. Um, Once this information got out, there are, for example, reports that um, Taliban members, for example, uh, that this there are reports that this led to wholesale murders of it compromised American intelligence. It 
um, arguably allowed uh, the enemy to identify people who were informants or were cooperating with the government. There are, you know, reports, and some of them are anecdotal, but there are reports that, for example, the you know the Taliban started essentially going around rounding up anybody that they thought might fit the descriptions of some of the people who were informants that were, you know, listed in these various cables and, and executing them. And now we're never going to know for sure the degree to which that happened, but there's no doubt that this was something that definitely compromised American intelligence information. So Bradley Manning was taken and under, he was charged with treason in in military court, multiple counts of violating the Espionage Act, um, as well as aiding the enemy, which is a potential capital offense. Um, Manning confessed and pled guilty to a lesser version of these charges. Um, Ultimately, Manning was sentenced to 35 years in in prison, 35 years in prison. Manning has served seven. While in prison, or at least after sentencing, Manning announced that, Bradley Manning announced that he was transgender and he was a a she and changed his slash her name to Chelsea. So he now, he, she, now um, is serving the sentence as Chelsea Manning Um, looking at 35 years. Yesterday, Barack Obama commuted the sentence and essentially has ordered that by May, Chelsea Manning be released. This has caused a huge furor. Now, there's some people, I guess, who are applauding this. This became sort of a cause in the transgender community for people saying, well, you know, this is just, you know, Bradley Manning, Chelsea Manning is suffering, you know, because they're they're going, they suffer from this gender identity issue. And, you know, they're going to be living this life, you know, in prison when they're really a woman and they're, you know, it's, it's going to be just terrible. So, you know, this has been viewed as. Well, okay, a big thing in the transgender community. Other people say uh, Manning did nothing wrong. What the military, what the intelligence agencies have been doing for years and years is appalling. What do you think? 414-799-1620, 800-877-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage toll-free talk line. Was the commutation of the sentence of Bradley slash Chelsea Manning appropriate? We discuss in two minutes. 842, Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. 845, Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. Big story number one, Barack Obama commutes the sentence of Bradley slash Chelsea Manning, a person that many people think was a traitor. Did he do the right thing? Jarrell in Waukesha. Jarrell, good morning. You're first. Jarrell. Hello. Thanks for taking the call. Sure. Um, I think that uh, President Obama definitely did the right thing. I think that when history looks back at not only his commutations of nonviolent drugs, Offender. Uh, uh, they'll also look back at this one and say that he did the right thing. Chelsea Manning uh, was exposing war crimes that were being committed by the U.S. government. And if we're not, if our government's not going to come out and uh, be honest with the fact that they're killing more civilians than they're reporting, doing double uh, tap attacks, which is what they did in this case, where they killed some cameramen from Reuters, thinking that their cameras were weapons, and then the helicopter circled back around. Let, let me ask you this: Do you think that? Do you think that? Anybody who works for the military who has access to sensitive information should get to decide what information is classified or, or not. If, if I object to something the government's doing or think that the government's doing something wrong, should I be able to make that decision that I'm going to make it public? No, but when our government is, I, I do think that there should, and it should be some penalty for it. But what we did to Chelsea Manning is a national disgrace. She spent much of that seven years in solitary confinement, much of it without clothes. Uh, she got a much stiffer sentence than uh, other leakers in the past have gotten, which is usually in the you know one to three year range, somewhere in there. 35 years, most of it in solitary confinement, what she spent so far. Um, and really the reason we did it was punitive. If the, disclosure, out. if the disclosures that Chelsea Manning, Bradley Manning made led to the deaths of tens, perhaps of hundreds of people who cooperated with the government, does she bear any responsibility for that? Uh, like I said, she does. And I don't know if there's any evidence that that's the case. What's, what's really telling is the pilots who were involved in that attack that she leaked mm-hmm. didn't receive any punishment. The, the people who actually committed a war crime, they didn't receive any punishment. That has negative effects uh, when it comes to foreign policy. 
around the world. That that makes jihadists act, uh, active is when we're doing well. Yeah, like but that. but of course, of course, people would not have known about that if she hadn't uh, made the decision, taken it upon herself to leak that information. You're kidding yourself if you think that. Well. Uh, you know, people in Iraq and Afghanistan don't know that we're drone striking and hitting eighty percent the wrong. So you you don't you don't yourself. you don't think what Chelsea Manning did undermined American foreign policy, made the world a more dangerous place, and perhaps led to the deaths of lots and lots of people who were cooperating with the government? No, I don't think so. I think that if if the government is not going to come out and be forthright with how they're using fifty percent of our American tax dollars. Then we need someone to do it. And well, okay, well, I, I, okay. It, I, I appreciate. Well, but see, but I don't think here's. First of all, I think Chelsea slash Bradley Manning is a traitor. I, I do not believe that low level intelligence analysts, who by virtue of their job assignment, get the opportunity to make decisions as to what the American people need to know and what the American people do not need to know. Now, admittedly, there was embarrassing stuff that was in there, but there was a lot of stuff that was in there that compromised. It's not like everything that was really, this was a massive, just keep in mind, this was a massive, you know, document dump. And it's not like everything that was in here is exposing, you know, misconduct by the Americans. There was a lot of stuff that was released that, again, compromised American intelligence activity, and I think, frankly, set the intelligence community back um, a long way, and I do believe led to the deaths of numbers, numerous people who were cooperating with the government in Afghanistan, and that's at least what some of the anecdotal reports are. So, uh, yeah, I think, I think Bradley slash Chelsea Manning was a traitor, and candidly, I think deserved every day. I further believe that this is, if this was not a, gee, when... Chelsea Manning this announced that he, she really was transgender and really was a woman. I, I do not believe if there was the transgender, if there was not the transgender issue, I do not believe Barack Obama would have made this degree of commutation. I, I just don't. I think in some respects this is political pandering. Paul in Cary, Illinois. Paul, good morning. You're on 620 WTMJ. Hi, thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. I got to wonder what our founding fathers would have done, what the drafters and architects of our Constitution what our first president, our first military president, would have done with him. He would have been branded a traitor, and he would have been shot. Yep. So for him to get 30 years, I thought was a blessing. For him, for his sentence to be commuted, I think is a travesty. Right. And as a commander-in-chief, what does that tell the rest of the military traitors or the moles in our government? Right. It's okay. Yeah, and and what does it say to the intelligence community who is out there? Look, I do, you know, we have not had a massive attack on American soil like 9-11 since 9-11. I don't, I, and I don't believe that that's because the bad guys aren't trying. I believe it's because we have an active intelligence operation that ferrets out a lot of these things. What is the message that you send to people that you're trying to get to cooperate, you know, overseas? You're trying to develop these sort of contacts. The message is, well, you know, it's possible that some low-level intelligence agent can issue, you know, can release documents, compromise you maybe cost you your life so how are you going to get people to cooperate with the government knowing that you can do that and get a relatively light sentence you can't trust you can't trust anybody in our government why would you put your family if you're trying to help the world why would you put your family at risk when you don't even know who you're trusting anymore yep 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 now again i under, think that there are look i understand if if you believe now, again, who, who gets to make these calls? I mean, I you know, do you really feel comfortable having some private, in this case, you know, Bradley Manning at the time, make this decision that gee, I think what they're doing here is wrong, so I'm going to supersede American foreign policy and I'm going to release all this classified information? Do you really want the Bradley slash Chelsea Mannings of the world making that decision on a daily basis when it comes to classified information? Is that what we really want? And I think that's the first question that you have to answer. And I don't know about you, but I think it's pretty clear. My, my answer is, is no. Now, if you believe that the government, okay, you have access to information and you believe that the government is lying or withholding relevant information, there are channels that you go through. But I don't want, I don't want some emotionally troubled, low-level staffer making the decision as to what confidential and, you know, what classified information gets released and what doesn't. Myron in Montello. Myron, you're on 620 WTMJ. Good morning. Good morning. What I have to say is short and sweet. I served four and a half years active duty, 
duty during the 50s, and I was in charge of stuff like that. I had a top-secret clearance. I've seen things that were restricted, secret, top-secret, confidential. And in my day, this guy would have faced a firing squad, short and sweet. There, he shouldn't have been even in prison. Um, well, I, that, the time, times definitely change. But, yes, there, I don't think there's any question at all that, you know, in World War II, for example— or during the Korean War, that if you had somebody that was providing this type of this type of information, it, it wouldn't have been here. We're going to give you a seven-year sentence. Now, again, you know, our first caller, Jarrell, was talking about. Well, it, it was just terrible the conditions she was was in. I mean, after she was sentenced, Manning announced that she was transgender, changed her name to Chelsea, and so what the military ended up doing was allowing her to partly transition to life as a woman, um, giving her cross-sex hormones and letting her wear women undergarments and light cosmetics. She's in Leavenworth, for God's sake, and they're letting her wear light cosmetics, um, but they do not let her grow her hair longer than male military standards, um, and she hasn't been able to so far see a surgeon about the possibility of sex reassignment surgery. Oh, the horrors! Oh, the horrors! You compromise American intelligence operations and Gee, you know, we're giving you hormones, but we're not letting you grow your hair out. 854, Jeff Wagner, 620, WTMJ. Big thing number two coming up. Stick around. 857, Jeff Wagner, 620, WTMJ. All right, big story number two. Super Bowl halftime. One of the most watched performances of every year. This year at the Super Bowl halftime, Lady Gaga is performing. And by the way, I like Lady Gaga. I think she's very, very, very entertaining. She is also, you know, one of these these typical, you know, music industry lefties. And she has been very, and she has a right to do that. She was very, very active in supporting Hillary Clinton for the presidency. She performed the Democratic presidential candidate's final rally in North Carolina. Following the election, she stood on top of a garbage truck outside Trump's New York office, holding a sign that reads, love Trump's hate. She sent out all sorts of tweets. All right, so she's got a political opinion. She is going to be performing the Super Bowl in a couple weeks, where hopefully the Green Bay Packers will be playing. Very, very watched. All right, yesterday a report comes out on Entertainment Tonight where It says that the NFL has told her that she could not say anything or bring anything up about the election or mention Donald Trump during the halftime show. Now, this has become, I guess, somewhat controversial. The NFL denies that it gave her instructions to avoid political commentary. They say it's it's false. Um, This is an unsourced nonsense. People trying to stir up controversy where there is none, et cetera, et cetera. All right. 414-799-1620, 800-877-1620. 414-799-1620, That's the Acunet Mortgage toll-free talk line. I don't know about you, but when I saw this story, my reaction was, I hope to you know what that the NFL has told her to knock off the political commentary. The last thing that I want to hear during the Super Bowl halftime from the performer is to be lectured about what she thinks about Donald Trump. I don't think the NFL needs to deny this. I don't think the NFL needs to apologize for it. Matter of fact, I would hope that the NFL would say, we have hired this performer to sing, to dance, to do whatever, to put on a show. And no, we have told her that we don't want her going off on some political diatribe. If she wants to go Colin Kaepernick, that's fine, but she shouldn't do it when she's performing at the Super Bowl. 414-799-1620-800-877-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage toll-free talk line. Again, the NFL denies that it's issued a gag order on Lady Gaga. My response is, I wish they would. I hope they do. I don't want her talking politics during halftime. 859, we discuss after the news. Stick around. Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. We're right in the middle of our three big things. This is our second item of the day. Lady Gaga, who I believe is an incredibly talented performer, she is going to be doing the halftime show at the Super Bowl. You know, big, big deal. Tens of millions of people are watching it. You know, being tabbed as the performer to do the halftime show is typically a huge boost to your career. Record sales end up going up. Uh, concert bookings end up going up. It's a big deal. All right. Two days ago, report surfaces that the NFL has told her, all right, stay away from politics. You know, during the show, 
no lecturing about Donald Trump, just don't make any political references at all. She's a big lefty, was very, very active in supporting Hillary Clinton, and has been involved in protests against Trump since he was elected. Well, yesterday, the NFL comes out and denies this. So, oh, no, these are just like unfounded rumors. You know, we haven't told her. But, you know, my reaction to this is I hope the NFL has told her that. I don't know about you, but during the halftime show at the Super Bowl, I, the last thing I want to do is be lectured about politics by some performer. 414-799-1620. I don't think the NFL needs to back off from this. And candidly, I would have liked them to come out and said, yes, you know, we, we have said this is going to be a politics-free thing. If Lady Gaga wants to talk about politics, God bless her. Let her do it on her own dime. Let's start with Andy in Wauwatosa. Andy, good morning. Hey, good morning. I listen to you a lot, and I agree with you about 20% of the time, which is but, why I listen. <laughs> but, but, but this is this is the time that we have reasoned together, huh? <laughs> no, no, it's not. No. Okay. I think, I think it kind of sounds like you want a, a safe space, you know, that we always hear about. I don't want a safe space. I don't want to be lectured. I think there is a time and a place for everything, and if you are hired to entertain that's what you do. You don't give political lectures that aren't part of the program. If if this was a classroom where she was talking about a divergent political opinion, fine. But she's a performer during the halftime show. Yeah, fair enough. I understand. But I, I just feel like it. You know, we're not quite sure what'll happen. It'll make it. You know, it'll make it more interesting. We're all we're all adults. We can handle that. Well, you you, you can know. handle it, but I guess I, I mean, Andy, this this comes from the perspective of somebody you know who gets lectured to. You you, you pay t- tickets to go see these concerts because you you like the performer. You know, you you support what they do the, in in their art or whatever. And then a lot of these concerts turn into these like lectures um, from these performers with their political views that they are entitled to. But that's. I don't think that's why people tune in to see the shows. Or at least I think that's why not why 50% of the population tunes in to see the show. But it sure does spark more conversation. I just find, you know, if it's going to happen, great. You know, we can talk about it, hash it out. I don't I don't have any problem with it. Uh, thanks to call. 414-799-1620, 800-877-1620. No, I, I'm not arguing that I'm not arguing that Lady Gaga shouldn't be able to stand on a garbage truck outside of Trump Tower and do her protests. I, I get it. But there is a time and a place for everything. And I think the NFL would be completely and totally within its rights to say, all right, this is an entertainment show. We have not hired you to be a political commentator. If you want to do that, sign up for MSNBC. We've hired you to sing, and we would prefer you not launch off on a diatribe, which is inappropriate for the particular time and place and stands to alienate a huge chunk of our audience, just like the Colin Kaepernick stuff did. 414-799-1620 is the number. Let's talk to, um, let's see, Tony in New Berlin. Tony, good morning. You're at 620 WTMJ. Uh, good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Hi. Um, I, I do disagree with the previous caller. Um, I think there, you, I agree with you. There is a time and a place for everything. I think the NFL should stand up and say, hey, we don't want this political speech at the halftime show. And I think they should actually have a contract where if she does break that, uh, she needs to uh, not get paid and maybe get fined. Um, because the Super Bowl halftime show is supposed to be a family uh, event. There's a lot of children, a lot of yeah. uh, people on both sides. Can we please have a, a time where we don't have to have politics shoved in our face by some yeah. performer? <laughs> yeah, well, that, that, yeah, exactly right. At, at the very least... I think that there should be somebody there with a hand on the button to cut the microphone, you know, if, if she decides to go off on some political rant. I mean, again, it's absolutely, you know, because I, I just I, I don't she has a First Amendment right to express her opinions, but that doesn't mean that it is the appropriate time. And I, and frankly, I don't think the NFL should be apologizing. If the NFL told her we don't want politics in this, especially given all the controversy that the NFL has had over, like, the Colin yeah. Kaepernick thing and stuff, if I were the NFL, this would be the last thing I want is that she goes off on a lecture which alienates half the country. It's just not the time or the place. Yep, they should stand up and own it. Thanks for the call, 414-799-1620. Yeah, it's, it's just, again, I'm not saying that she doesn't have a right to express her opinion, but if you're hiring somebody to perform, I think you have a right to say, you know, 
we, we, this, we want you to sing these songs. We want you to dance. That's fine. You know, we want you to thank the audience, but we are not hiring you as a political commentator. Now, if they decide they're going to, you know, they want to get into politics on the NFL network or whatever, and they want to give her a time slot to go rail about how Donald Trump is awful, God bless them. They, they have the right to do it, but I don't think that's the Super Bowl. Let's talk to, um, let's see, Phil in Pewaukee. Phil, you're on 620 WTMJ. Good morning. Good morning. How are you guys doing? We're well. I'm well. Thank you. What do you think? Well, I, I agree wholeheartedly with uh, yourself and the previous caller. I think uh, I'm sure she's getting paid big to be on the uh, Super Bowl uh, stage. Right. And I think there should be something that written in her contract that says that she goes off into a political rant, that it's uh, null and void. Yeah. Um, I, I just I think it's, it's just not the right time or place. And, and these these. Uh, you know, these Hollywood, which one calls these entertainers, are trying to find venues to be able to spout their political beliefs. Yeah. I think it's wrong. Right, exactly. I mean, right, in those sort of things where you've got this kind of captive audience. Look, if you want to attend a Hillary Clinton rally featuring, you know, Lady Gaga, that, that's great. I've told this story before. If you're a regular listener, you know, I'm a Jimmy Buffett fan. Jimmy Buffett is a big time lefty. He does all these fundraisers for, you know, Democratic candidates. He always has. You go to a Jimmy Buffett concert, though, he recognizes that probably more than half his audience doesn't share his political views. He doesn't talk politics a- at all during the concerts. Now, again, if you want to go to watch him when he's performing at a fundraiser for a candidate, yeah, he's going to talk politics, but he recognizes people are paying money not to hear him lecture people on on his political views. And I've always said, I mean, the day that Buffett starts going off on politics at his regularly scheduled concerts is the day that I, I stop going. And I've been to a lot of them because, again, you are this this captive audience. And I don't want to be lectured by the Hollywood left or the music industry left on these different types of things. Uh, Dan and Lowell. Dan, you're on 620 WTMJ. Good morning. Yeah. I don't know about you guys in the big cities, but out here we still have some knobs on the television. <laughs> right. What, if, right. What, if, one that turns it, the sound up and down and another that turns it off, right? Yes. Somebody goes political on me at halftime, I turn it off and take away their sponsor money for the second half of the show. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think, well, of course, now, let's be honest, Dan. If the Packers are playing the New England Patriots or the Pittsburgh Steelers in the Super Bowl and Lady Gaga goes political at halftime, you're still going to be watching that second half of the game, right? No. Really? I'll take, I'll, I'll take the sponsor money there. Okay. I'll leave the radio on. There you go. <laughs> there, 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 there you go. Got it. <laughs> that is the answer. So, I, again, I, I the, the NFL denies it, it put a gag order on her, um, but I don't think they need to. I hope that there's a gag order on her. I hope that people understand that, okay, this is the Super Bowl. It is not appropriate. You can decide. Big thing number three coming up. I'll give you a hint. It involves... America Sheriff David Clark. Stick around. 917 Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. We know the Packers are in Atlanta this weekend for the NFC title game, but don't worry, we'll bring the Lambeau Field tailgate party to you. It's the WTMJ Run the Table tailgate, where we give away free food for your Packers cookout all throughout the playoffs. One lucky listener gets their food. um, No, um, listen all day to WTM, like last week. Gene Miller did the delivery, not this week, but uh, you got a chance to be a winner. Listen all day to WTMJ for your chance to win WTMJ's Run the Table Tailgate, courtesy of Bunzel's Old Fashioned Meat Market and Catering, sponsored by Transitions. As a matter of fact, let's do the giveaway now. Caller number 14-414-799-1620 or 1-800-877-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Toll-Free Talk Line. Caller number 14 wins... Um, at least for my show today, our WTMJ Run the Tailgate Award, again, courtesy of Bunzel's Old Fashioned Meat Market and Catering, sponsored by Transitions. Caller number 14. Big story. Number three, David Clark, America's sheriff, Milwaukee County sheriff, at least for the time being, continues to find controversy. I admit I do not know what to make of this particular story. There, there's a guy who is on a flight from Dallas to Milwaukee on Sunday, gets on the flight, and clearly the the guy has an axe to grind. That's my opinion. 
got an axe to grind, not a fan of David Clark. David Clark is sitting in first class, and he's wearing cowboy stuff. We talked about this the other day. David Clark is a cowboy fan. I think a relative used to play for the Cowboys. He predicted that the Cowboys were going to win. Sorry, Sheriff, you got that one wrong. But anyhow, the story is, so Clark is sitting in first class on the Delta flight. The guy walks past Clark and has an exchange. According to the guy, he says he goes past Clark. He asks if he's Sheriff Clark. Sheriff Clark says yes. And the guy's story is, I shook my head as I was moving onto my seat near the back of the plane. Um, so are you Sheriff Clark? And then he kind of, I, I, can just, I can see this happening. Guy rolls his eyes, shakes, you know, just kind of, oh, and he says, yes, I am. Then the guy who doesn't like Clark rolls his eyes and shakes his head or, or whatever. Um, Clark then says, hey, you got a problem? And the guy says, I shook my head, uh, no, and continue to my seat. The guy says that was the full length of the confrontation. I, I don't know. Maybe that's the case. My guess is there was something a little bit more. But what happens is apparently there's no other incidents in the plane. When the plane lands, there's people um, from the sheriff's department that are waiting. Guy says when he got off the plane, he was met by a group of six uniformed deputies and two dogs, all of whom were accompanied by the sheriff. Uh, the guy said he was escorted to a waiting area and questioned by two of the deputies who said Clark had told them that the guy had made some remarks to the sheriff on the plane. Um, he says, so in other words, I got jacked up by, you know, the sheriff's department after I did something benign to, to David Clark. I, I, so far the sheriff's not talking about this. I'm trying to, my guess is, and it's just a guess. My guess is it was something a little bit more than, than this. I, I, my guess would be that it wasn't just the guy kind of like shrugs his shoulders or something like that. My, my guess is there was probably something a little more. Now, having said that, though, one of the problems about, you know, being a public figure is people come up and they say things to you and they feel they can say things to you. And, you know, being a public figure, you get a lot of benefits. You know, you get yourself on Fox News. You get all sorts of attention. You get flown all over the country, you know, to do speeches and all. But, you know, when you're going to be a public figure, there's going to be people who disagree with you as well. Most of the people who disagree with you are polite enough that they don't even provoke even modest confrontations with you when you are in public. I mean, most of the people, you know, you don't like someone, you're not going to go up to them and get into it with them, you know, in any way, shape, or form. You do, however, have people who are rude. You have people who feel because, okay, somebody's a public figure, I, I get to kind of engage them in a way. And my guess is, like I say, my guess is there's some blame to go along on this. Now, having said that, though, I admit that it is kind of troubling to me if all that happened between the two of them was what the guy describes or maybe a little bit more like just rolling his eyes because he doesn't like David Clark. If he was, in fact, jacked up by a bunch of sheriff's deputies at the airport because of that exchange, that is, in fact, a little bit troubling. Now, if he threatened David Clark's life, if he provoked a disturbance or something like that, that's a different story. But I don't get the sense that that happened. So, you know, this is one where my guess is that there's a lot of issues to go around. There's a lot of blame to go around. But at the same time, if you're a public figure like the sheriff is, you got to expect that people are going to come up to you. They're going to roll their eyes at you. You've got to expect that some people are going to be rude towards you, and you've got to just deal with it. It's one of the things that comes with being America's sheriff, just saying. It's 925. Eric from Racine is our winner. Coming up next, five teenagers, none old enough to drive, arrested after a stolen car chase, but that's not the dazzling detail. Stick around. 926, Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. Nine thirty-five, Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. By the way, UWM Panthers. Um, they were playing Sunday afternoon. They have changed their game time. So the game was originally scheduled um, for 2 p.m. Now they've moved it up to 12 noon. So you can go to the UWM game, watch them play. And then if you're at the game right across the street, come on over to Turner Hall for our free watch party. Uh, looking forward to having a lot of folks there. Should be a lot of fun. All right. Um, here's the way 
Today's TMJ4 reports this. I want to share this story with you, and I'm going to ask you your reaction to this, because there is a dazzling detail here. All right. The headline, five teenagers, none old enough to drive. All right, so we're talking 15 or younger, arrested in stolen car chase. A police chase with a stolen van ends with five teenagers, none old enough to drive. It started in Brookfield and ended at a Wauwatosa Elementary School on Martin Luther King Jr. Day. So this is Monday. School was not in session, but teachers were there, causing a temporary lockdown until everyone was arrested. The incident started at 2.15 Monday at a pick-and-save near 124th and Capitol in Brookfield. According to police, five teenagers none of whom are old enough to drive, so the oldest that would would be 15, stole a minivan from a grocery store parking lot in the middle of the day. It's very shocking, said one of the shoppers. This doesn't seem to be the kind of place that would have you would have somebody steal your car. Yeah, I mean, I, I you got to think about that. It's, it's Martin Luther King Day. It's 2.15 in the afternoon. You're shopping at 124th and Capitol in Brookfield. You don't expect that your car is going to be stolen off the lot, but of course... This is Tom Barrett's Milwaukee. An officer spotted the teens driving recklessly on Capitol Drive, perhaps because none of them are old enough to drive, all right, and tried to pull them over. They took off going 50 miles an hour on a busy road in the rain. Yeah, remember, it was really a crummy day on Monday. Police say they stopped the pursuit because it was not safe. So here you've got the background. You've got a bunch of these young punks. They steal a car off the parking lot at the pick-and-save on 124th and Capitol. Then they're heading down Capitol. The cops try to pull them over. They're driving recklessly. Cops try to pull them over, and in that crummy weather we had on Monday, they take off. And the police, I understand, they, they don't. It's crowded. It's raining. They don't want to put people's lives at risk, so they let them go. Wauwatosa police later spotted the van in the Madison Elementary School parking lot. They then go to, to confront them. An officer says the teens rammed a squad, and then took off running. The group ranged in age from 13 to 15. They were quickly caught. All right? Kids should be out in school, not stealing, be in school, not stealing our cars. It's just crazy, says another Milwaukee mother. They should know better. Okay? All right, now listen to this. Two of the juvenile, all right, two juveniles were taken to juvenile detention because of their records. So two are taken to juvenile detention because of their records. Two of the juveniles were released back to their homes. Police say the mother of the last juvenile refused to pick him up, so he was also taken to detention as well. Two of the juveniles, because of their records, taken to detention. Two of the other juveniles released to their homes. So let's review the bidding. You steal a van in broad daylight on 124th and Capitol. You lead police on a high-speed chase, endangering the lives of Lord knows how many people. The car is later found by a Wauwatosa police officer. You ram the squad car and start to flee. And two of—actually, what they wanted to do is three of the five— get released back to their homes. Now, only two actually got released back because apparently the third parent said, I want nothing to do with this kid. Take him to juvenile. 414-799-1620. 800-877-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage toll-free talk line. Now, this is not necessarily critical of the police because the juvenile justice system in the state ties their hands. But they released two of these five back to their homes. After this crime spree, 414-799-1620, That's the Acunet Mortgage toll-free talk line. Am I missing something here? Or at the very least, should all of these kids been sent to detention and held for at least a while so you can sort out what's going on? They turned around and they sent them back to their homes. And we wonder why you have juveniles that continue to commit crimes. Perhaps it's because 
we don't have any consequences? 414-799-1620, 800-877-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Toll-Free Talk Line. And again, this isn't an indictment of the system necessarily. This is an indictment of the system, not of the individual cops, because their, their hands are in many respects tied by the law. But in this case, how stupid is the law that you can do this and then get just immediately turned around and released to your homes. 414-799-1620 is the number. John in Oakfield. John, good morning. You're first. Good morning, Jeff. Um, this uh, this is enough to make you, I don't know, throw up or make your head split. Mm-hmm. Why on God's green earth would any of these clowns mm-hmm. be turned back over to the parents that obviously haven't been, and I'm not saying this is all the parents' fault. Right. So, you know, I don't want to get off in the wrong. But hey, these kids are running around. They're they're not behaving, and apparently some of these have a record already that must be substantial. Why in the hell wouldn't all five of them get locked up? And and if the parents can't obviously can't do the job, then we need to. Do something that's going to get these people I, to see right from wrong. Well, see, I, see, I'm with you completely, John. Now, I mean, I, my guess is, my guess is, all of them, I don't know for sure, my guess is all of them probably had records. Now, the two that were held in detention, it was because of their records. So, I mean, maybe they're on some other form of supervision. Because, see, I, I just don't believe this is your first time at the rodeo. I don't believe somebody that's had no contact with the system just wakes up one day, hey, it's Martin Luther King Day. I know what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to honor Dr. King. I'm going to go out and I'm going to steal a van and lead the cops on a high-speed chase and then try to ram a squad car when they try to catch me. So my guess is that most, if not all of them, have been through the quote-unquote juvenile justice system before just some have been more severe but i'm with you who in their right mind and and if if this is what the system does saying well we we can't hold juveniles for doing this car chase car theft high-speed chase trying to ram a squad car and you're immediately sent back to mommy and daddy uh, you you want to understand why the system is screwed up? This is exhibit number one. Um, Yvette in Milwaukee, you're on 620 WTMJ. Good morning. How Hi. are you? I am well, thank you. Um, good. I I really disagree, too, with the system. Um, I do work with juveniles and delinquents, and this is very disturbing because I just had a friend that um, her car was carjacked, and they also released one of the uh, suspects, and one is in detention. But these two that they released back to their parents, um, I feel like they should have have been detained. Yeah. Um, right, right. We're not talking about, the, and look, I'm, I'm not endorsing something like shoplifting, but these aren't a couple of kids that went in and stole a six-pack of, of soda or something. This is a car. It's a high-speed chase. It's a ramming of a squad car. I mean, this, I don't know about you, Yvette, but this strikes me as, as, as big-time criminal activity. Yeah, so they they shouldn't have been released. Right. No, I, I right. I to just turn around and immediately send them back to the homes where there's obviously some control issue. And again, I'm 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 with our first caller. I I don't know what's going on at the house. I'm not going to necessarily blame mom or dad or grandma or whoever. But but you you need to have some punishment and some penalties instead of well here we're going to put you back out on the street within minutes after you've been caught doing this. That's right, crazy. Because, I mean, they how how will they learn? Yeah. There's they need a they need to learn a lesson, and if you go if you can go out and do a crime like that, then there should be a punishment behind it, not release you back immediately to the custody of your parents. Right, right, immediately. I mean, thanks for call. Right, you you keep them for a couple of days. All right, you you give them a sense of what it's going to be like, um, and you know then you you set a hearing. Maybe you get some bail or something. But no, we're just we're just going to turn them loose. We're going to send them back. Four one four seven nine nine one six twenty. Roger in Germantown. Roger, you're on six twenty WTMJ. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I am well, thank you. Does this this whole thing makes no sense to me? It just doesn't. I think the only hero that I hear in this whole story, aside from the from the police officers who caught these uh, goons, is the the parent, the one parent who said, "No, I'm not going to accept them. He can right. He or she can." Right. Uh, cool the field in detention for a little while, yep. and um, you know, hopefully learn a little bit of a lesson. And 
and I don't know who that parent is, but you know what? Kudos yeah. up to that parent for doing that. Yeah, that, that's right. This is right, right now. You know, it's interesting you say that, Roger, because my guess is some people would be absolutely appalled by that. But that's it, right? The mother of the one says, "No, I'm not picking him up. No, he, he did what? He stole a car. He rammed a police car. He tried to f- he flee. He was in a high speed chase. No, you keep his sorry tail in jail for a while. That you're exactly right. That's that's at least somebody stepping up to be a parent saying, I'm not bailing my little punk son out. Let him see what it's like, you know, and if he keeps doing this, let him learn some consequences. We have no consequences anymore, especially in the quote-unquote juvenile justice system. Well done by that parent. Uh, thanks. For, I, I agree with you completely. That, that, <laughs> that, that was, I mean, you do want to applaud that. You want to say, okay, this, you know, this is at least one parent that gets it. But, and again, I'm not faulting the cops. It, the, the, the laws are so are so appallingly lenient when it comes to dealing with these juvenile delinquents and these these wannabe thugs and these you know aspiring gangsters that their their hands are many times tied but i mean really high speed chase and it's like how quickly can we send them back to mom and or dad or grandma jeff in wabatosa jeff you're on 620 wtmj good morning Hey, Jeff. Um, this is right in my neighborhood. I used to shop at a grocery store on a regular basis. It would never and occur I, to me that, I mean, I, I know exactly where that location is. I drive by it all the time when I'm going west. I would. That is not a location that I would worry about my car being stolen from. It's, I would never think twice about parking there. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And I, I think it's crazy that, that these kids are let out. And my apartment lease ends in June, and I'm definitely going to be thinking about that when I decide whether or not I, I want to stick around here here in this neighborhood. Well, I mean, think, again, now the problem, Jeff, is this: this unfortunately, it happens everywhere. And one of the things that we have started to see over the last few years is you started to see a spreading of criminal activity. Now, I don't maybe maybe these five juveniles are from Ozaki County or Washington County. Maybe that's the case. I don't believe that. I mean, that this my instincts and my experience with these type of stories tell me that this is going to be another one of these situations where you had people from Milwaukee moving out to the suburbs to, for the purpose of committing crimes. Um, now, could be wrong. Like I say, maybe these are, these are Waukesha kids or maybe these are kids from Washington County. I doubt it. I mean, it, that doesn't happen very often. It's generally the crime from Milwaukee that spreads out. So th- the truth of the matter is, as long as that continues to happen, and part of the reason, in my opinion, it continues to happen is, again, you, you've got this juvenile justice system, which is so incredibly lax when it comes to you know dealing with all these type of things that, that you have th- this problem that's going. And I think you're starting to see you know more and more of this. Let's talk to Mike and Racine. Mike, good morning. You're at 620 WTMJ. Morning, Jeff. Um, I... Uh presided in a dual delinquency court. Uh, we have a rotation system in our scene. Okay, Judge, who, who, and, who, judge who, who are, what, what's your last name? I'm sorry, I didn't get that. Piantek. Okay, great, sure. Racine County Judge, absolutely. Welcome. Um, thank you. Um, right now, uh, they are asking the Racine judges, by they, I mean the Racine County Human Services Department, to adopt an assessment tool, which is the same assessment tool that uh, Milwaukee County uses, um, and what happens is the police arrest the juvenile. Uh, the judges have no say in, uh, right now we do, we have a uh, format of things, uh, certain classifications of crimes that juvenile detention staff must accept uh, the juvenile in, uh, into the uh, detention center. Right. What they're asking us to do is use a social worker at the detention center who does this uh, assessment tool, evaluates the juvenile, and it's the same assessment tool that Milwaukee uses. And uh, they're asking us to adopt that uh, uh, right. policy so that uh, detention staff uh, figures out whether to hold on or not. So it's essentially and, uh, the social worker that makes the decision. If the county agrees to it, you check these different boxes, and then the judges have no role in it. You know, you've hit these different boxes, boom, you don't get detained, you get sent home to mom and dad. Exactly. And, you know, I, I got into it with them. I, I was not a popular guy at Human <laughs> Services. They have a, um, they have a uh, program called JDI, 
it's juvenile detention initiative alternative. That's, uh, you know, kind of the fancy acronym for it. And, um, it's funded by a large foundation. Milwaukee got, uh, funding for it. Racine got funding for it. And I think there was another outlying county. And the, the idea was I went to the first meeting and the person from this JDI program from the foundation said, we, um, we were able to close all the juvenile detention facilities in Albuquerque, New Mexico, uh, after implementing this program. And I thought, you know, there's some pretty serious crime going on among juveniles. We're not throwing snowballs at trucks or things. Right. Uh, we're, we're, we're stealing you know. cars, leading cops on high-speed chases, and ramming squad cars. Right. Maybe maybe a detention yeah. facility is warranted, perhaps, Judge, you know? I, I mean, I... We're going to debate this in about two weeks at a judge's meeting as to whether to adopt this or not. But the problem is, is there's never a public debate. The social services people get have to get all of this. There's some funding, and uh, you know, right. uh, the public never gets input into this. There's just some policy adopted, and then the police are very unhappy with oh. it. It isn't the police. No, many of them have complained to me that they take them up to detention. And they just send them out the door. The same parents that were supervising them when they were doing this, you know, the right. alleged or accused of, are uh, they're releasing it to them. So uh, it doesn't pre- make any sense. Judge, thanks so much for joining. I, pre- I appreciate right. it very much. That's Judge Mike Piontek from, from Racine County. You know, and, and that's that's it. You've got this system, and Milwaukee County is bought into this. Here, you know, we have the social worker checks a couple boxes, and here we're going to turn you Loose. We're going to send you back, you know, onto the streets. And yes, no, this is great. We closed some detention facilities. All right. Well, maybe, maybe that's why you've got 15 and 14 and 13 year olds stealing cars, leading cops on high speed chases, ramming into squad cars. Maybe it's because we're turning people back too quick and closing detention facilities. 952, Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. 955, Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. I do appreciate the input that uh, was Racine County Circuit Judge Mike Piontek, who is, uh, I think, sounding the alarm, because if you wonder why these punks were just released in Milwaukee County, it is because they have this system that had the blessing of at least a number of the judges that essentially lets decisions as to whether you're going to let dangerous juveniles be, be taken out of the hands of judges and put into the hands of social workers. And the idea is... Well, you know, we, we, we want to send people home. We, we want to we want to try to, you know, avoid putting people in juvenile detention facilities. We want to err on that side. That's nuts. It's just flat out nuts. And if the judges down on Racine are going to be considering doing the crazy things that they do in Milwaukee with their catch and release program, you might want to ask yourself the question, if you live in Racine, gee, do we really want people to be able to steal cars in broad daylight, lead the cops on high-speed chases, ram a squad car, try to run away, and and then be sent home to the same dysfunctional family that didn't control the kids in the first place, you might want to ask yourself whether you want to find the, follow the Milwaukee County model or not. Just saying. In just a couple minutes, I call it dealer's choice. We're going to be talking about a real interesting issue. If Donald Trump really does crack down on illegal immigration, who's going to do the jobs that some of those people are doing? And then later in the 10 o'clock hour, it's the segment I call Burn Down the Trailer Park. Stick around. 957, Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ.